Welcome to Critical Blues Reviews. Hi, my name is Clean, or as everybody else knows me. Okay, I'm sorry, I have problems reading that. Knows me as Keith. And uh, I guess uh, you can call me whatever you want, Binky. You know, my sister calls me that. I don't know why I just said that. But it's parental advisory because it will deal, this will deal with adult themes. And 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 bad words. Can I curse? Uh, I, I guess I can. But um, welcome to the show. I'm Biggie, bitch. Welcome to Critical Blues Reviews. I'm your host, Critical. What's the word, everyone? I would like to thank all my listeners and thank. Everyone has been making me last by giving listener support to the podcast. I know I haven't been uh, like coming with it as of late because, uh, man, I've been been doing stuff, man, which, which is a good thing, which is a good thing. And my mother in town came up from the seaport Savannah. So we had a good time. So I didn't get a chance to really uh, drop anything last week. And plus, uh, me and Clean, welcome back, Clean. Oh, thanks. I'm glad to be here. Yes, on sir. The show. So Clean, I, if y'all don't remember, I had Clean uh, during Venom, and also I had him uh, during the Enter the Spider Verse, the Spider Man animation. Did I do that? Yeah. Oh. I think you. Yeah, yeah, you did it. You didn't want to do it, but you did it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really a big Spider Man fan, yeah. so that probably was bad, a real bad review. <laughs> I mean, you know, if anybody likes Spider Man, you know, I'm not. I, Spider-Man, but uh, <laughs> Spider-Man fucking sucks, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So, we'll get back to that later. I, I, I am curious to why Spider-Man sucks. Now, the reason why... Now, me and Keith... I mean, Clean, excuse me, Clean, we saw this uh, film and uh, saw it a while ago. But you know what? Let me go ahead and introduce the film and then I'll get more into it into why I needed Clean for this film. Alright, so we will be reviewing Joker. So yes, I have Clean for the Joker. Now, Joker is Clean's biggest villain, like like out of all villains. Joker is that guy. He's that dude. And we've always had a debate about knowing or the audience knowing the Joker's past or the Joker actually having an origin story. So this is way before the movie was ever thought of. And uh, Clean always felt that, you know, it shouldn't have, Joker shouldn't have an origin story. Would you like to elaborate? Yeah. Um, I know, man. You know, like, I guess, you know, everybody in the superhero world, you know, like, Magneto, or who's another big villain? Was Lex Luthor? <laughs> I was about to say Lex Luthor, but Lex right. Luthor, and you, you know, pretty much almost any villain has somewhat what they call an origin story, right? And it usually involves with you know, like I guess you know something that's kind of diametrically opposed. I don't know if that's a word, but diametrically opposed to a superhero. In, in terms of how the the villain is created or whatnot. And 
you know, with the Joker, what made him unique is that pretty much he tell you his origin story, but more than likely he was making the shit up. Right. And so, you know, like, um, you know, for all you know, like he <laughs> he liked to dance. You know, he was dancing in this movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, spoiler, yeah. Oh, yeah. Spoiler, spoiler alert. Spoiler I don't alert. know if you said that before, but it's going to be spoiler. <laughs> you know, he, with the way his hair was, I always kind of wondered, like, you know, what? What, what was that? Well, you know, like, you know, maybe his origin came from Michael Jackson. <laughs> All right, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that. So, but um, but the, re- but the real reason I wanted to know, uh, I wanted the audience to know was that um, we always had that discussion. Like, you always felt that he shouldn't really have an origin story. And then you found out that there was a film. And I wanted, to, I wanted you to come to see this Joker film. You didn't want to see it at first. You refused to see it. So I had to talk you into coming to see this Joker film. And so now we're going to, I'm going to give you some insight, you know, some background on the Joker, and we're going to get some insight on how Clean felt about the Joker and also how I felt, but most importantly, how Clean felt about the Joker because the Joker, I want to say is probably, would you say you like the Joker? Because Iron Man is your favorite comic book character. Oh, yeah. Would you say you like the Joker better than Iron Man? No. No? Yeah. Is is that a long shot or? I mean... You know me like Iron Man. Like when I was growing up, that was my favorite character. Mm. So and then you know, shout out to Robert Downey Jr. You played him oh so well in Iron Man. You know, shout out Tony Stark ovation. and uh and uh, uh Ghostface. I'm sorry, you know, because <laughs> he it was for Ghostface. Really, kind of that movie's kind of you know really funny. Not to go off on that movie, mm. but I mean you know because you're. You know, Tony Stark, from what I remember when he was a kid, he really had shitty visits. Mm, but, you know, um, but I mean, I more so like this character because, you know, like, uh, especially as I got older, he was like me. You know, what I wanted to be was alcoholic rich and, and mm. like technical stuff, like computers and all type of stuff like that. So I was really into it. But, oh, okay. but as far as, you know, like the Joker, he was always my favorite. One of my favorite villains because he was just so random and he always had a sense of humor about him. And um, you know, that's why I really liked him. But um just my initial thoughts about the movie oh. without no spoilers. Oh, 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 oh my bad. Let me, oh, let me do the log line. I'm sorry, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you go into it. I just wanted to get that how you felt about uh the Joker, kind of get the audience to know your ideals with the Joker. But I'm gonna do the log line that we're gonna get right into characters. Then we're going to get right into it. Oh, okay. All right. right. So uh, the logline for this film is about a disturbed man who works as a clown who tries to cope with the ills of society while trying to find his existence in everyday life. Now, the now the director of this film is Todd, Todd Phillips. Now, you've probably seen his work. He was in The Hangover. Well, he directed, excuse me, The Hangover 1, 2, and 3 and Old School. He also, it's interesting that, you know, like he's a comedian, uh, uh, a comedy writer. But yet, you know, he did the Joker, who, you know, had a little, com- you know, comedian elements in this. Right. I thought that was cool. And they always say, you know, like the flip side of comedy is horror, you know, which is interesting. Really? Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, you ever seen those uh, trailers where they do, like, Mrs. Doubtfire? Like, you know, with Robin Williams, and they flip it, and they can turn it into a horror movie, like a horror trailer? Okay. I'll show you afterwards. Yeah, it was like, they put, like, music behind it, and everything in Mrs. Doubtfire, even though it was a comedy, and made it like a horror movie. And they always say that comedians have dark sides, like the worst of the comedians you know they they turn the worst things that happen in their history into laughs for everybody else you right. know presently 
And then you also have the writer. Now, Todd Phillips also wrote The Hangover 1, 2, and 3, and also Old School. And you had uh, Scott Silver, who wrote 8 Mile and The Mod Squad. Now, the characters for this film, you have Arthur Fleck, played by Jakeem Phoenix. Uh, he was in Signs, which I which I felt like is underrated. A lot of people don't like Signs, but I, I thought Signs was cool. Um, he was in Gladiator. Was that one of your favorites, Gladiator? Not really. Not really? Oh, okay. it was great, though. I mean, it, it, was, it was good for what it was. What it was. Then you have uh, Murray Franklin, played by Rob De Niro. He was a taxi driver in Goodfellas. You have Sophie Dumond, played by Zaza Beats. She was in Deadpool 2 and Atlanta series. Actually, I had two people from the Atlanta series uh, on this film. You also have... Uh, Paperboy. Yeah, Paperboy. <laughs> you also have uh, Penny Fleck, played by Francis Conroy. Uh, you might have seen her in the uh, American Horror Story series and Castle Rock. Now, I felt like this story was subjective. And it's one of those things where beauty is in the eyes of the beholder of how the story turned out or what people felt what was going on in the story. And uh, as Queen mentioned earlier, uh, the, the Joker did have Michael Jackson energy. Uh, did you, did you yeah. feel the energy? He had a lot of Michael Jackson. He was dancing. I was like... It kind of got a similar era when you think about it. Just you know, one of them died of green, and the other one had you know the air catch fire during the Pepsi commercial. So I mean, I mean, there you have it. It's kind of like you know, like they're almost like brothers from another mother. <laughs> and you mix joking. I always thought, like, what do you get if you mix Michael Jackson and Joker? Is that what Michael Joker? <laughs> Michael Joker, eh? Michael Joker. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it was very weird. Like when I was watching the film. It was certain stances that Jakeem Noah would stand in, like poses, excuse me, that he would stand in. And I was like, yo, why am I getting Michael Michael Jackson energy? You know what I'm saying? Then he it, then it will leave. Like quick as it comes, it would leave. And then I spoke to other people about it. They were like, yeah, I kind of got a little Michael Jackson energy from the Joker, you know, which was interesting. So, but also, um, I kind of wonder if Michael Jackson was alive, but he had liked the movie. I, would, I thought I thought that the movie was excellent. I liked it didn't, a lot. Didn't Michael Jackson have like a, a clown fetish or something? A fetish? I know he had a prostitute fetish. He did? Yeah. He actually made a song about prostitutes. With Dirty Diana? Nah, it was called uh, Hot Street. It was never released. It was probably because like they listened to it like, yeah, we don't need to release Yo, this. Yo, I gotta listen to this about, joint. He's talking about prostitutes. Yo, man, how many out there know about Hot Street, man? Yo, hit me up on um, hit me up on Instagram, Critical Blues Reviews, and let me know if y'all knew about Hot Street. I gotta listen to this. I, you know, I knew nothing about Hot Street. Yeah, I actually looked that up too. Was, yeah, yeah, Michael Jackson, he was fascinated by hookers. Wow. Yeah. Oh, okay, so, interesting. Okay. You know, I was Michael Jackson wasn't fascinated with kids; he was fascinated with hookers. There you go. So there you go. You there know, you go. And, and plus, that's, that's a little bit better. Well, I mean, it's a lot better than kids. You know. He, you know, <laughs> he just made this. No joke. kids, but hookers. He was in hookers. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but yeah. So, and also too, I it was certain things that stuck out to me in this film. Um, now I'm, I'm kind of probably switch it up a little bit. Like um, I noticed there were like black, there were black women characters that was in it, and you had Zaza Beats, who it was implied that he had a relationship with her. And I was starting to get mad. I was like, man, are you serious? Like, you just gonna, you know, be weird and attract this woman's attention and all of a sudden she's his girlfriend. You know what I mean? I, in the back of my mind, I was kind of being like, this gotta be fake. Because there's no way. I, there's no way. You know what I mean? And, yeah, because, you know, sister ain't gonna really go for a dude living with his mom who got fired and ain't got no job. 
So, <laughs> I knew exactly. that was some bullshit right there. <laughs> right, right. You know, and then also, um, but then it was implied that possibly um, uh, Arthur Fleck killed uh, Zaza Beats character, Sophie, because, uh, you know, you see uh, Arthur go inside the room. And that's when you realize that Sophie never really existed with Arthur as in, in a relationship. And she was pretty, you know, scared when he entered her apartment. I kind of got another view about that. Uh, I'm just going to kick this for the first. Was she a figment in his imagination? Because nobody else saw this broad. I mean, saw this woman. I'm sorry, not broad, but saw this woman. Uh, I... I don't know. I mean, uh, she she was just a woman. As well. I think I think she existed. I mean, because yeah, who else? Like nobody else really verified that she was in the, in 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 that setting itself. Him. Well, nobody so, else really was it like a figment of his imagination that he just kind of killed. Or well, I mean, it didn't show that. But I right. mean, it, it was kind of. I was wondering, well, is that a, is she a figment of his imagination also? That he just well, kind of I mean, made a, made up a love interest in his mind. It, I mean, it's just something to think about. Well, I, I say that the story is subjective, so I mean, I I can't fault if that's what you got from it. I I think that you know that's something worth uh, looking into. Um, but for me, I'll say my point of view kind of stood with this was so you had uh, Sophie, who he entered her apartment and and it was implied when he touched Sophie because Sophie also had a daughter as well. If you all are listening, you didn't see the movie. Uh, she she had a daughter, and basically at that point, Sophie and her daughter was kind of in danger. But you didn't see what happened. Like he puts his finger to his head as if he, you know, like he's shooting himself. Because that was like a little sign gesture that Sophie gave uh, Arthur earlier on in the elevator, and he gave her the same image after she asked him to leave. No, she asked him about his mother, and she he gave you know her the gunshot to the head, and then he leaves out of the leaves out of their room. But then you hear police sirens. But then also, too, it was a black woman at the end of the movie where he was speaking to and he walks away and you see bloody footprints. So all of this stuff is implied with these black women. So I'm kind of like, all right. And a lot of people are saying the story was the story was disturbing and I couldn't figure it out. Now, unless they're talking about which I'm going to go there, uh, the white supremacist perspective, uh, I felt like it was almost like a. Uh, a, a to-do kit you know what i mean like it shows how to stalk you know the woman like he was stalking the woman he, he went to her job showed where she worked like he knew her every movement you know what i'm saying and also which was kind of weird you know like they left the door unlocked for him to walk in i felt like that was a little weird but um but other than that i felt like it was like a, a to-do kit and it kind of brings me to i don't know if you heard about this dude named dj jason rogers pope Ooh. Uh, this is Ken. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> like what, four, four, what three or four first names? I know. Right? Well, he goes by uh, AKA DJ Kid. So, like oh, okay. this this cat here basically was uh, this is a white dude who um, was uh, sleeping around with all these black women. I don't know if you like on uh, Facebook like that. You see these feeds with this white dude hugging up on these black women. A lot of them, uh, or a couple of few of them were um traffic he was trafficking these black women he said he was trafficking at least 700 girls and and even minors you Damn. know what i mean and so and it's where was he getting the women from i know that part I, I don't know now but it was reported that jason has aids so he was actually giving allegedly giving these black women aids you know what i'm saying so the crazy thing how i'm tying it into the story was this in the news yeah yeah, yeah. i mean like the real was it the 
No, no. I, I well, it's on news articles, and Tariq talked about it. Oh, but oh, wow. but yeah. So and and that's the thing though, because he was arguing with one black woman, and he was saying how he was alluding to he he slept with all of these women, and he wanted these women to sleep with black dudes, and it was a reason why a specific reason why he wanted them to do that, and it's implied because he might have given them HIV or AIDS. And so, therefore, now, now it's coming out reported that he had AIDS. And I felt like, you know, that, that, that's kind of reminded me now. I'm not saying that he got that from the Joker, but it seems like it's a target. Like, you know, like when, you know, we are doing white supremacy, they go for soft targets. You know what I'm saying? I felt like that was a soft target to go after the black women. It's like, hey, it's implied. We didn't say that he killed her. But if you are down with this terrorism, you know to go after black women. That kind of seems like something that would be a little bit too... It'd take too long for the Joker. You know, the Joker is more so about getting kind of results in a very quick manner. You know, hitting you with, with a cyanide pie in the face. Mm. Or, you know, like how the Joker was in the dark night. When he set stuff up, it's like people get, you know, they getting knocked off quick. Right, you know, right. So, you know, just to have something that kind of slow. You know, he's, I don't really think he kind of thinks like that, but you know, like oh, that type of mind, you right. know, his Joker's mind. You know, I mean, but think about it. If you, if you can write it now, like if you can, if, if the Joker, I mean, the, that wouldn't be the Joker's character. I felt like it was a subliminal. I think it was a dog. I, I feel it was a dog whistle. I don't think the Joker represents fully the whole white supremacist movement. Even like the dude, what's the guy that was in the movie theater that shot everything that shot the movie theater up? Yeah, you idolize the, the Joker from Colorado. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying. So like, so like, it's almost like if you're sending out a dog whistle, you know, you're not going to be blatant with it and be like, "All right, Joker's like this." I felt like it was a, a dog whistle. A the, the, just the reaction around this movie was just so weird to me. It was just like, I was like, man, you know what I'm saying? We, you, you've gotten to a point in a society where you have where people aren't going to a movie because they fear that somebody may enact something as crazy as the person in the film and just really start shooting them up. And, you know, like, it, it was already kind of somewhat of a critique on society. And to me, like, it was a critique on society, but the way that society, society reacted to it was in a lot of ways just as interesting as some people found the movie. Right, um, which was kind of really, really—I mean, it, it, it's really depressing when you think about it. But at the same time, you know, it, it, it says a lot about just the world we're living in. Though. Right, and I, I would say even let's—I'll I'll get back into it. That's just how I felt like when I was watching. I was watching. I was felt. I felt like it was, I was getting white supremacist dog whistles that oh, was yeah. popping in my head. But to get back to the actual movie and the story, beyond that point, I felt like a lot of people were saying that. Remember, it was saying that he had a card that where he couldn't it was a medical condition where he couldn't uh, he always laughed or something it was like almost that. like he had Tourette's like you know he just break out start laughing and can't stop right now my thing against a lot of people that are saying that my opposition toward that is and I'm not saying anybody's wrong like I, like again I said I feel like everything is subjective but uh, I felt like but my opposition toward that is at the beginning it was a scene where he was in the mirror and he was crying when he put his hand in his corner of his mouth and made a smile. So my thing is, if he just ha- laughs uncontrollably, when he said he would, he would laugh, when he got his ass kicked that time by those kids, he would be you know laughing. But you know he could be like, all right, he was unconscious, so I can let that slide. 
But when he was crying in the mirror, I felt like he would just be laughing and tears would have come out of his face, you know, out of his eyes. But my thing is, why would he try to make himself smile through his sadness if he has a laughing condition? So I think that was fake. That was just my opinion. I think the whole, I think that was part of his bit or his joke to say that he had a laughing condition. I never really, that's kind of really going in on it. Um, I never really thought that deep about like the whole laughing bit. I just thought it was just something that was added to his persona, uh, persona or, 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 or mental, or, or mental illness. But I, I think, but that's what I think. The good part about the movie is it's up. You really don't know. Like I, you know, I like I like I might have gotten clues from that to feel that okay, this is what it is. But I can still be wrong, and vice versa. Somebody could be like, yo, you know, I feel he really had a condition. You know what I'm saying? But it's like you don't really know. That that's the thing. It's it's too it's almost like your use at your own interpretation type of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um and also too, it's like some quotables I did catch from the movie that stood out to me. And remember, I think it was in his joke book when his counselor got the joke book and she was like, uh she read, I wish my death makes more sense than my life. That's depressing. Yeah. That's depressing. <laughs> to me to me though, just the movie in general. You know, he was a failed comedian, but he wasn't really a comedian. Kind of really wasn't funny. So that was kind of like another point with me was just that, you know, in a Joker movie, you kind of expect to have some type of comedic element to it, and I didn't see none of you that. didn't laugh. I was laughing. It was, it was it was one thing when when you laughed. At least when I it was one part I did laugh. I can't remember what it was. So. But I remember I was laughing. I was like, why am I laughing at this? Because <laughs> it was kind of dark, right, 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 right. You know, but uh, but just overall, it was, that was the only part I laughed. Everything else it was kind of like, okay, you know, it wasn't, mm. it wasn't like, man, I'm loving this movie just for the humor. I think, like, no, if they no, would have no. added the humor, I, um, I would have probably took it in a little bit better. But it, it, it was it was more so of a, of a real serious movie, which is kind of surprising, you know, right. Yeah, because I kind of felt like the the comedy, the humor that they had in it would make you like, if you admit to laughing at the things that he was doing, you almost have to question your your own sanity. You, you really didn't hear too many other people laughing though in the theater though. Like it wasn't really any laughs. It was just kind of. Well, I don't know. It, I mean, it, it may have been a laugh. I remember like maybe one or two laughs. But I'm like, man, this is a double movie. Nobody's really laughing. I, I know I laugh. And I didn't laugh as much as Midsummer. Like Midsummer was not supposed to be funny. I don't think you've seen that. But it wasn't supposed to be funny. And I was dying throughout the film. And it was, you know, it was a little messed up, you know, in a way. But I, I laughed. I chuckled. I said I chuckled a few times. And I thought like Joe was going to have me like the Hangover movie laugh. Oh, no, nah, I didn't. <laughs> And I, that's ironic you said that because the guy <laughs> directed wrote Hangover. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, you fell miserable. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, but it goes back to I wish my death makes sense, uh, makes more sense than my life. And it reminds me of a quote You're nobody until somebody kills you. Biggie Smalls. Yeah, that enough? No, Biggie oh, said that. I, I was like, 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 man, they just stole that from Biggie. <laughs> no, 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 no. That, but it just made me think of that. Like, I wish my death makes more sense than my life. You know, basically, what I it's, and it's it's all like that's that's another uh, quote, or let's say that's a quote that's subjective. And what I got from that is, you're nobody till somebody kills you. You know, well, what yeah. I mean? I mean, Biggie was an ill philosopher when you think about it. <laughs> 
So um, I would like to make at this point of the game clean. I would like to make comparisons to other films. Is there is there anything that you will, that you've seen other movies that you've seen that you were like you know this? Oh yeah, definitely. You know the first movie that probably comes to everybody's mind is the last movie that Joker was in, The Dark Knight. So I guess you know I can do a critique on which version I think is better. Mm-hmm. And to me, just uh, because of. You know, like my understanding of the Joker, of how his origin is, where he has no origin, I have to kind of roll with the Dark Knight. Mm. Because, it, I mean, you know, like the Dark Knight, you know, like when 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 Batman Begin came out, I wasn't, uh, I didn't really get, I wasn't really into Batman mm. as much as I was after seeing the Dark Knight. Gotcha. After I saw the Dark Knight, I was, you know, like um, I, I was really into the whole Batman mythos more so, and I just start, you know, reading more things that were Batman related, just off of the brilliance of you know, like that performance with the Joker because he was just. And the thing was, was that it, even in that movie, he wasn't that funny, but uh, it, it was funny, but it wasn't funny. Right, you, right. you get what I'm saying, but. Uh, it, it was just, you know, he was just such a mastermind and how he just orchestrated him, the way he moved. It was just so, wow. Mm-hmm. He was just like, wow. You know, with the new Joker movie, I didn't really get that. I was like, it was more so like, man, this guy's really messed up. And, and, and like, with the other movie, it was just, I guess, because like all of the plans and the schemes and things he had and action was just so... It was just, you know, like, just add up. It was like, you think you got him? Nah, he got a plan for that. Right. Where this one, it was kind of like, he's just pretty much going, you know, he's just, he was more random, you know. Right. Because I don't think he had a plan at all. <laughs> but see, but so, the thing, even, I was talking to my cousin about that. Uh, shout out to you, Silas. Um, my cousin was saying that, you know, uh, he was saying that he was playing calculated, but I was, what I always got from the Joker was, he said he never had a plan. You know what I mean? Like, he, you know, he was like, once I get, uh, you probably can quote it better. Once I catch up to whatever, I'm like a dog. I don't know what to do with it. You know what I mean? But it seems like he's just lucky. Or is he? Or he kind of like Donald Trump. <laughs> oh, wait, but, 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 then again, but then again, to back to support where you're coming from, do you think he's lying to us? Do you think the Joker really has a plan and he's pretending like he doesn't have a plan? I mean, you could. He could be like that. Um, he could be making you think he has a plan. And he doesn't have, I mean, he could be making you think he doesn't have a plan, and he really doesn't have a plan. You know, could be the inverse of, you know, like, uh, but kind of like just the way he was in the movie, it was just like, it was almost like he was a victim of circumstance more so than anything. Yeah. You know, yeah. Just, just, you know, like all of the circumstances that happened to him really created him. Right, this is what they mean. Like they, they stole his sign and beat him up. And, and they, you know, the train scene. And, with the and I think the whole point of the movie is that, you know, all of these social ills and pressures that you see, that are in, you know, like Gotham, that aren't really being dealt with, ends up creating this cesspool of insanity and murder, like within this one person. So. You know, I, I think the movie was kind of like uh, it was. I don't want to say a morality tale, but it was a cautionary tale about what can 
what what can society can push somebody to and I think that's why like a lot of news media probably was more so fearful of this movie being out because you know they feel like it was a justification for that type of behavior which it wasn't it was just saying well this is what causes you know this person to be like this in the long run scheme of things so I kind of think they really misinterpreted the whole role of the movie it wasn't saying it, it wasn't vindicating him it was pretty much saying this led this leads to this you know so you know and, and you know because I mean there was a lot of elements in there that you know like it really went off of you know like just in American society in general you know it's inability to really deal with mental illness that's like one of the main things um, it's an inability to deal with uh, poverty on a mass scale and an inability to really you know root out corruption from polluting the whole system where it cause it to collapse in on itself and even though you know like I don't think it ends you know I don't you know like the finality of the whole movie it, it, it can go like that but I think like you know like I think more so it was like man, it's a boom you know it leads up to a boom and in society I don't really think it leads that to that it's like certain flash points and then it kind of goes back to how it is it's probably like that in the movie because I mean what happened the day after you know um, like I said well, can we go ahead and spoil the movie or no, no, really, we spoil this. you know like after the whole riot in the end it's like well more than likely at the end of that movie it pretty much went back to how it is you know the rich on top poor still poor is just even more messed up where they're at because they ride it and tore you know what I'm saying a lot of neighborhoods that they may have left to live in well it was more of a reckoning for um, for Bruce Wayne's father Thomas Wayne excuse me thank you but overall though uh, you know, it's still going to be the same as it is. Yeah, you bring up Thomas Wayne, and that was one of the things you had. You said that, you know, because we didn't know what type of movie this was going to be in. And I know your, your concern was to have a Joker movie without Batman, you know, it was almost ludicrous. You know what I mean? And we had a discussion on that. Now, how did you feel with the story that Batman was still involved in the story? It kind of brought me back to the Jack Nicholson story. Uh... Hey, welcome back, folks. We just had a we had a, a little a little break there, but I was asking Clean, you know, how did he feel about uh, Thomas Wayne? How it rolled into Thomas Wayne? Because Clean felt that you had to have, you know, you can't have a Joker movie without Batman because we didn't know what the movie was going to be like. And so now, you know, going to see the movie and knowing that Batman actually is intertwined with the Joker more than we thought it was going to be because he actually thought, you know, Batman's it's actually the reverse, like. I always looked at it like Batman. I mean, Joker is a reaction to Batman. And pretty much in this movie, it was a flip. Like, Batman was a reaction to the Joker. Mm -hmm. So it was like the Joker ended up inadvertently creating Batman. Whereas, like, usually in the flip side of the story, it was always like, you know, uh, 
you know, Batman is seen as this force who kind of wipes out crime until somebody comes along to actually match them. It's almost like a void that's, you know, like so, like you, you have a void out and, and, and you know, like every what reaction causes an equal and opposite reaction. And it, it comes up to somebody who's pretty much the opposite of him, who's just as talented and who, who can pretty much match his abilities. So it was, I mean, they succeeded in that. You know, they did they did do that pretty well. We also had the Jack Nicholson Joker that actually made Bruce Wayne because he killed his parents and then he right. came back. And yeah, I mean, yeah. Made I forgot about Jack that. into the, the Joker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but so, I guess, so I guess, yeah, that was done. But I guess this one was more so, I guess, you know, like I say, you know, the 21st century version of, you know, the whole Batman story. Because, I mean, you know, like it's multiple Batman stories. Mm hmm. When you think about it, right? You know, um, and yeah, I mean, for the most part, they really all work. I mean, movie worked. It was just that I just saw some imperfections in it. Yeah. So, like, what were the imperfections? I mean, well, the imperfections for one thing is like Joker with me is like it's just you know the lack of uh, of comedic elements in the movie. Was was one thing that I saw that kind of like really kind of took it down. Mm-hmm. It, it it was so, you know, what I'm saying it was made to be so disturbing, and it pretty much succeeded. You know, like it was a very disturbing movie. But I mean, at the same time, I I get I I, I get the meaning of the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, um, now I mean, a lot of people may have you know like. They say, well, it was just too much of a social story, and it, it was too socially driven. Because when I was coming out of the movie, a lot of people really were like, "Man, this movie was boring. I, I really didn't like it." Um, and I understood their point of frame of mind too, because even though like I got the movie, I wouldn't say it was, you know, it was it's definitely not a bad movie. It was just a movie to me that I thought like the way it went about it could have been. Um, a lot better because it was just you know for a comic book film the majority of people um I can't really think of really too many real serious comic book movies outside of really The Dark Knight or something like The Watchmen or, right right I think those are the only ones I can really think of off my I kind of got a, a little bit of a Watchmen feel a little bit. I watched them, of course, with more action. But and, and with Dark Knight, it was just that it was just so visceral, and it was like, you know, what I'm saying, like you really got to see Batman and the Joker really going back and forth, right? Whereas, you know, like Watchmen, you know, like when you make a movie of that serious depth like that, you really have to have a very compelling story. Otherwise, it's not going to do well on a scale. I, I, and I could be wrong, you know. A lot of people say that they think this movie is a classic. I mean, at least the critics do. But I mean, from what I've seen, with the audience standpoint, it's kind of like, you know, they don't really get. I mean, they're not really feeling it. Now, when I checked on IMDb, it, they were really rating it good. But I think their ratings are kind of skewed, right? You know, right? But. Uh, yeah, because you mentioned that they, you know, like for that. Yeah, for certain movies, they you have people on there just doubting. Now you said, if I remember, you said for Black, Black Panther, Panther they, they did it for Captain Marvel. 
Um, they gave him real low. They gave him. They gave him, you know, like just. I, I'm like, okay, man. You you don't like the movie. I understand that, but just the amount of people like after and after, I was like, this looks like bots. I think they got bots in there really generating a lot of those reviews because just the way you look at it, it's just like bad review after bad review after bad. I was like, nah, it, it don't really work like that. You don't have majority of people usually think a movie will be okay. They're not going right. to just doubt it like that. Right. Like, it's all. So I was like, it's a lot of bots. And, you know, when, when you see something like that, it's usually bots. On Right. You know, doing things, and so. and just to kind of give everybody the background of the Joker, uh, his first appearance was in Batman One on April twenty fifth, nineteen forty, and uh, yeah. So I would like to take this time to oh, I know you said before we spoke, you said you felt like the comparison to this movie because I feel like the, the comparison to this movie is Taxi Driver and Black Swan, but you also mentioned Taxi Driver too. Like you 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 found that there's a Comparison between Taxi Driver and and this Batman. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, Joker. I've seen, I saw Taxi Driver. It was a real big comparison. But just you know, what I'm saying both of them were kind of made to be like in that, you know, what late '70s, early '80s era, where it was just you know like crime rate was sky high, and and the thing I wonder about now. I mean, it was a lot of poverty back then. It it was really in your face. Whereas now, I mean, I'm kind of wondering, has that element really changed? Because, I mean, I, I'm wondering, is it more, it probably well, it has to be more people in poverty now, because, I mean, there's more people in, in America in general. But um, it, it was just kind of like a lot of social decline in the case. And it kind of reminds me, because, you know, I may be like where we're at in Atlanta in certain parts of the city. It's like, man, you, you just see like the decline of it. And you look back on it, you remember it, you know, when this place, you know, when it was at its peak and, you know, especially like neighborhoods that I came from and everything, you'll see, you remember when it's at its peak, when they had businesses and it was flourishing and now you just drive and it's just like abandoned business after abandoned business and it looks just socially, uh, economically devastating. Mm -hmm. So... You know that that was one thing that was kind of like a comparison to me with taxi, taxi, um, taxi driver and Joker because in that movie it was just like that was during the time when New York, you know, was nothing like how it is now. You know, right. West pristine. You know, they had Times Square, all of the uh, peak shows, and, right, right, and the um, bars. And <laughs> Yeah, like the prostitutes walking all around and the city wasn't clean, you know, like that, you know, garbage strikes and everything like that. Um, now, I'm not from New York, but I'm just, you know, uh, from what I've heard and from documentaries I've seen about that whole era, it, it, it was a rough place, mm -hmm. you know, like, right, right. Crime, crime rate was real high. Hot situation in the Bronx. <laughs> yeah, you know, like Gerald Ford telling uh, New York to drop dead because mm. they needed to bail out. Um, you know, it, from that era, it, 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 it looked like really like the, it was like the end of the almost the end of the world type of scenario mm. where it was like you pretty much got to fend for yourself and you got to know how to navigate because it's such a dangerous place. Right, right. So, but. Actually, I think Koch, that, that came later. Koch was in the 70s, right? Uh, I think Koch started in the 80s. 80s, okay. So I was wrong about that. We're going to take the Koch out. It, it may have been the 70s, but I know it was like the early 80s. 
you right. know, like um, in the light late what, 80s, I think they had the first black thing. I can't remember his name, but that was like personal uh, before Cots. And uh, I mean, excuse me, the person uh, after Cots. Oh, okay. From okay. what I can remember. Okay, so yeah, so now we're going to, at this is the point we rate the film, but we're going to rate the film after these messages. Well, if there are messages. If if there's no messages, we're going to come right back. Usually I have messages, but then it seems like there are no messages. But anyway, we'll be right back with the rating. All right, welcome back. So I have Clean still with me here, and we're going to go ahead and wrap this all up, and we're going to go ahead and rate this film. And uh, since uh, Clean, you're my guest, what would you give the rating? And if you can, it's up to how you want to rate it. Normally, what I do is I think of little objects or stuff that happen in the movie, and I make it how many, whatever the rating is, the number of the rating, and that item. But you don't have to do it that way. It's ever how you want to do. Um. If I had to give this movie a rating, I'd give it a seven. Um, it's a little bit above average, just before because of the flow of the story. I felt it was like lacking in a lot of things, um, but it was. It, I definitely don't think it was a bad movie, and I definitely think it's worth watching. Um, kind of wondering would I watch it again? I probably would, just to see if uh, you know I could get more of the story and. You know, like, uh, I think it's better to give a critique after two viewings. That's why I'm not trying to rate it right, as low. Right. But, but me, I mean, I thought it was, uh, like I said, slightly above average movie. Um, seven out of ten. Oh, okay. And do you, do you really feel that the whole thing, they were trying to say that the Joker actually fantasized the whole movie, do you think? Because I, I at first I thought that. But, I never thought of that, but that's actually a good point of view. Uh Cause when you think about it, a lot of things did seem like there was something that would, you know, would be more so like metal projections of, of what he would want it to be, mm-hmm. as opposed to the reality of it. Right. So yeah, I mean, that was one thing you just like that just said. You know, when I said at the beginning about him making up the whole character that Zaza beats was like, well, does he even really exist or was it just all a figment of his imagination? So right. that kind of more so plays into that. So yeah, I mean, that, it could be that. Because right. I was talking to uh, Joy, shout out to you, Joy. I was talking to Joy about that and she brought that to my attention. She was like, yeah, like like they actually had a a, um, a, a little meeting, meeting of the minds after the movie theater with random strangers and they were discussing if it was all a figment of author's imagination now watching like watching it i you know like i said it's open to interpretation i feel no because if the movie started off with him because remember the scene he was beating his head against the glass and he was in the um the psych ward but it didn't start off exactly that way it kind of went into his everyday life when he was crying in the mirror and then he went to go see the psychiatrist and then she asked him about does does he know why he was in the psych ward and he says you know uh i think yeah i can't remember what he said but it shows him that's when he beats his head up against the glass so i kind of was like well i don't know you know i don't think anybody's wrong for thinking that the whole thing is you know a figment of his imagination 
But I was like, you know what? I like the fact that how I wrapped it up. I like the fact that Bruce Wayne was in it. I like the fact that uh, Bruce Wayne's father, Thomas Wayne, was in it. And he didn't just imagine these characters. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm going to go with. It's not imaginative. I, I want to go with the fact that uh, uh, he's, he's the reason why, like how you said earlier, he's the reason why Batman exists. You know I, what I, mean? I think it was kind of like a mix of both. Like, mm-hmm. it was reality in it, but it was a lot of stuff that he was kind of going off with his imagination. Because he was mentally disturbed. And I think the way they made the movie was kind of like genius in that part. Because it was kind of... Some stuff was kind of hard to figure out if it was like something that he's imagining or if it's reality. Yeah. Right. And I think that was made me in his, his frame of mind because it's probably like that. I can't really determine the real from, you know, what I made up in my mind. Right. Because, you know, of, of the whole mental illness. Right. So. Yeah. So what, I, what I'm going to give this rating, I'm going to give this eight floppy shoes. Usually I try to find something that you all can't find. Well, that you will have to watch the movie to find out what the heck I'm talking about. But the reason why I give it eight floppy shoes, I thought that was funny that he was trying to chase after those kids in those big ass clown floppy shoes. And I can only imagine running after somebody in those big floppy shoes. And he was running his butt off because that was his meal ticket. That sign that they stole from him was his meal ticket. So, yeah, so I'm going to give it eight floppy shoes. And, uh, yeah, I was going to say something else, but you know what? You know, it's going to probably pop in my head after we end this whole uh, conversation. But it's cool, though. Glad to have you on the on the podcast. Yeah, glad, as usual. Yeah, glad, glad, glad to do it. And I, I, noticed, I just noticed that you always come on when it's comic books. That's interesting. So are you, you going to be the comic book guy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll be, you know, like the action guy. You know, I like the John Wick movies. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Big John Wick fan. Yeah. John Wick, that's my movie. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I would like to thank everyone for checking in. I like to thank everyone for, you know, hitting me up on just ideas about film and wanting me to check out different films. Um, also, I, I forgot the, the guy's name. I tried to find his name last time when I did Marianne. He turned me on to Marianne on Facebook. And he did let me know that it was like it. I'd like to give you a shout out too if you uh checking it out or checking this podcast out. Cause I wouldn't have checked out Marianne if it wasn't for you. But uh yeah, you know what I'm saying? Uh shout out to everyone. Uh please continue to make me last by giving listener support to the podcast. Critical and clean, clean and critical. We are out.